श्री चैतन्य चरितामृत की जाए मध्य लीला चैप्टर एटीन सो रीडिंग चैतन्य महाप्रभुजित वृंदावन कृष्णराज कंटिन्यूस ए मत कत दिन आकुरेला कृष्ण नाम प्रेम माधवपुरी शिष्य सहित भ्रमण मथुरार घरे घरे कार ना निमंत्रण तो दाधवपुरी शिष्य इस ब्राह्मण हु वॉज अ डिसाइपल ऑफ माधवपुरी हु महाप्रभु हैड मेट वन ई फर्स्ट केम टू मथुरा एंड सब्सिक्वेंटली वेल बींग इन मथुरा इन इन ब्रज मंदौ हीज मेट विद इन ही टोक इमान टू वर एंड so forth and so on now mahaprabhu is staying at akrutirtha and this is as i mentioned you know they be between vrindavan and mathura on the road so from mathura he's going he says here this disciple of madhavendrapuri mathura gari gari kar nani mantran he's going from house to house gari gari from house to house asking telling people that they should invite chaitanya mahaprabhu for lunch he's going to the house naturally of uh, high class brahmans he's a brahman but he's a sonadiya brahman means of a lower type of brahman so much so that socially speaking it would have been inappropriate as we've already discussed for mahaprabhu to take lunch at his house but still mahaprabhu took lunch at his house because he was a disciple of madhavendra puri and his spiritual reality was such that as it was with mahabharata it transcended social social religious uh, strictures and customs and so forth still this being his position out of humility rather than saying mahabharata was taking lunch at my house just see he'll come every day which he would have he's going around and begging door to door from higher class brahmans please invite jetan mahabharata to to lunch at your house मथुरार जतलोक भ्रमण सज्जन पता चार्ज स्थाने आसे निमंत्रण सो दस ऑल रिस्पेक्टेबल पीपल ऑफ मथुरा हेड बाय द ब्राह्मण्स रिस्पेक्टेबल ब्राह्मण्स दे केम टू बलभद्र हु इज पर्सनल असिस्टेंट ऑफ चैतन्य महाप्रभु एंड एक्सटेंडेड इन्विटेशन टू चैतन्य महाप्रभु फॉर लंच ऑन द बेसिस ऑफ द प्रीचिंग एंड ह्यूमिलिटी निमंत्रण 
sevi preshad he loka nimantranite. Since not everyone got the opportunity to offer invitations directly to Mahaprabhu, those who did not have that opportunity, they requested, they invited the Lord through their Sonadiya Brahmana. So he's caused quite a stir in the Brahminical community of interest in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Kanyakubja dakshinatyer vayika brahmana dainyakari kare Mahaprabhu nirmantran. So, mentioning that the Brahmins from different places, from Kanyakubja and Dakshinatyer, Bodhika Brahman, high-class Vedic Brahmins, the highest, most sophisticated religious class in society, from South India, as well as from North India, lineages that happened to be in Mathura. They were all offering invitations to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with great humility. Prataha kale akrure asi randhana koriya prabure bhiksha dena shalagrame samarpiya. So, prataha kale akrure asi, they would, in the morning time, prataha kale, they would come uh, to Akrura Tirtha and randhana koriya, they would cook there. Prabure bhiksha dena. Shalagram Samarpi, and they would offer to the Shalagram, which is the custom of the Vedic, Vedic Brahmins, of course, and then after offering the Shalagram, they would give lunch to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This was their system. Ektin say, Akuru Gatera Upare, Vasi Mahaprabhu Kichu Karena Bichare. So one day at Akuru Ghat, Mahaprabhu sat on the banks of the Kuragat, and uh, he was absorbed in some deep thought. What kind of thought? Eghate akura vaikuntha dekila brajbasi lok golok tarshana koila Mahabhu is thinking about Chaitanya Mahabhu, is about, about Krishna's pastimes in relation to Akura Tirtha, Akuragat. And he says, at this god, a god, Akura Vaikunta Dekila. Akura, after whom it's named, he saw Vaikunta. Akura was one of the, uh, one of the associates of the Lord in uh, Mathura and accompanies the Lord when he goes to Dwarka as well. And he had the, um, he was uh, commissioned by Kangsa to go and invite Krishna and Balaram to come to Mathura for a wrestling match. And with the view, that is, of Kamsa, that this would finally bring an end to Ram and Krishna. So this is hardly, um, sounds like a devotional mission, <laughs> to go invite the Lord into a kind of trap. Krishna and Balaram were just children. In the court, they were fond of wrestling with their friends and so forth. And they would boast amongst themselves, tightening their belts and challenging one another. And sometimes Krishna would win and sometimes his friends would win. Now this is child's play. And here Kungsa had these uh, professional wrestlers, the kind like you see on the television, big guys, and they were well-trained and so forth. And so 
he invites over. I heard that these two boys, they like to wrestle, so let them come to the, the, the seat of my kingdom and we'll have a wrestling match. The whole thing is absolutely preposterous, ghastly. <laughs> were it not for the fact that Krishna and Balaram were the supreme personality of God and had unlimited power. And of course, Kamsa had been hearing that they had killed this demon after that, demon after another, all of whom were under the power of Kamsa. Such was his greatness. We think of Vagasur, Bakasur, Putana, all these Keshi demons, big demons, but they were all under the influence of Kamsa. So what was his power? So this was his uh, last resort. Nakura was ordered to take up the task, but he did it. It's because he knew he'd get the opportunity to have the darshan of Krishna and Balaram. And he prayed all the way from Mathura to Vrindavan. Beautiful prayers, glorification of Krishna. He's the example given by Rupa Goswami of one whose life exhibits perfection through the medium of prayer, Vandanam, one of the nine uh, limbs of bhakti. We have Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Parasevanam, Archanam, Vandanam, Dasim, Sakyamatmani Vedanam. So this Vandanam was illustrated wonderfully by Akura. His prayers are very touching and deep, profound, full of siddhanta and full of feeling also. So he went, he knew he got a chance to see Krishna. That was the hope of his whole life, the other darshan of Krishna. And he wasn't afraid that if Krishna came to Mathura that he'd be defeated. So he was eagerly going. Now, on the one hand, it seems like I say a, a very kind of evil mission, but he wasn't concerned about that. And because he knew the prowess of Krishna and Balaram, he knew they, he would have confidence that they would be successful. But there's a more ominous mission, and that was, well, he was going, going to get them and bring them back. And so from the Vrindavan side, from the highly devotional side, then Akura seemed to be very, very... Akura means not cruel, but the gopi said, what kind of name is this for that person who tried to take Krishna and Balaram out of Vrindavan? that he would go and bring him for, for killing the demons, that is one thing. But the consequence was that he would leave, Krishna Balaram would leave the devotees of Braj behind. Oh. And so a very, very touching scene. Krishna, Balaram, mounting the chariot of Akrura, Yashoda's goes going mad, gopis throwing themselves down in front of the chariot on the roadside that... Akura couldn't go anywhere. He would, he would have to run over the gopis to take the chariot. Mother Yashoda sobbing. This, this poor, poor, poor fellow, Akura, he had to see this pitiful scene and be the cause of all of this anxiety, likes of which is unimaginable to us. They were so attached to Krishna. There's nothing that we have that we're as attached as we are. There's nothing that we have that we are anywhere near as attached to as they were to Krishna. They are called ragatmikas. It means they have rag attachment that is their very nature. It's inborn. To follow those kind of devotees is called the ragatmikas, to follow in the path of 
Anuga means to follow, of what they are, have inborn, natural, so attached to Krishna. The only way that Yakura was able to succeed in his mission was by the negotiation of Nanda Maharaj. He negotiated because Krishna put before him, here's the situation, and Vasudeva and Devaki, they're in prison. So I have to go for my devotees there to free them. Feeling some sympathy for them, then he agreed, and of course he was going to go along, Nanda Maharaj, and he guaranteed to everybody in Vrindavan, I'll bring him back. So on the, on the strength of the promise of Nanda Maharaj, who was their king, Krishna and Balaram were allowed to go. Of course, when Nanda Maharaj got to Mathura, and Kangsa was... What happened, of course, in the wrestling matches, the wrestlers were defeated in a moment by Krishna and Balaram. And then Balaram, there were two wrestlers in the match. There were several other on, like, ready to do tag team, come on in if there was a problem. And Balaram took care of all of those, several of them. Meanwhile, Krishna jumped up into the stands and um, scared Kamsa to death. He actually never hit him because uh, he was related to him in terms of his Maturesh manifestation, taking birth in Mathura as the son of Vasudeva and Devaki. Well, Devaki was related to Kamsa. Kamsa was her brother, isn't it? So he was uncle. So Krishna couldn't hit his own uncle. So he just got on top of him and went like and this and scared him to death. <laughs> he never actually punched him. So anyway, Jarson was upset with him and, and, and blamed him, although actually he was blameless, technically speaking. Jarson was upset because Jarson's uh, daughters were all married to Kamsa, and so they were left as widows. That's why Jarson tried so hard to attack Krishna. And because of the force of Jarasana's persistence, Krishna didn't go back to Vrindavan because he had big armies, this Jarasana, and in Vrindavan it's his village people. This is one reason. So he amassed his own army, of course, fought with Jarasana, went to Dwarka, and so on. Jarasana was ultimately uh, defeated. But in all of this, Nanda Maharaj, after the killing of Kamsa, was ready to take Krishna and Balaram back, but Vasudeva and Devaki, they told him, how can he go back? He, all this time he's been there and he's never got any schooling and now he's of age, both of the boys are of age, they've got to go to school and what will be their situation if they don't get education, go to the Gurukul and so forth. So they were very sophisticated people from the city and he was just kind of like a country fellow, Nanda Maharaj, and they kind of bewildered him. He had to go back empty-handed. Imagine what was his plight. But everybody in Vrindavan, of course, forgave him. They, they, they never held it against him. And so it was beyond his power. And so they were all plunged in separation. And Krura, of course, this was, uh, from the gopis' point of view, was blamed for that. Krura appeared in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lila as Keshava Bharati, who gave sannyas to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and took him out of Navadip. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nabadweep is the same as Krishna and Vrindavan. Nabadweep and Vrindavan are the same, and Krishna and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are the same. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes out of Nabadweep for taking sannyas, 
he manifested the opulence of vairagya, detachment. You cannot get that close to him because he's a big sannyasi who pay obeisances and so forth. In Navadvip, then, he's uh, Nimai Pandit. And all the devotees can chant with him in kirtan and get very close with him and be intimate and so forth. So, this Keshava Bharati, Akrura, in, in Gorlila, effectively took uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu out of Navadvip, shaved his head. Well, he didn't shave it, but he was part of the ceremony. He didn't personally shave But anyway, this... From the point of view of the inhabitants of Vrindavan, then this Akrura is not a very nice fellow. Of course, he's a great devotee, but these are the sentiments of, of the devotees of Vrindavan. Gopi said he may be named Akrura, but how inappropriate. He's most cruel, actually, for what he's done. And actually, they cursed him. When we talked today a little bit about Vaishnav curses, so the gopis actually cursed her, and that, that curse manifests in his troubles in Dwarka, dealing with the shaman Takajul. It's a whole other lila, but the Vaishnavas sometimes they may they may curse, but very extraordinary circumstances. So anyway, on the way, once they finally left Vrindavan, on the way to Mathura on the chariot, they stopped at this ghat for bathing. And Krishna and Balaram had a pura bathe, and when he bathed in the water, he went under and he came up. He lived. He saw all the Vaikuntha. Krishna and Balaram, they manifested the whole of Vaikuntha. He saw Krishna, he saw Narayan, and Anantasesh. Balaram is manifested in Vaikuntha as Anantasesh, and Krishna as Narayan. We saw in the Akura Tirtha, isn't it, that he saw that uh, Krishna uh, floating on uh, Anantasesh. He looked, he looked again, and there were Krishna and Balaram. This is a very special place. So Mahaprabhu was remembering this pastime. So he says, Eghatinisgat Akura Vaikunda Dekila and Prajbasi Lok Kolok Dashan Koila. Another thing happened there also. When they went to Ambikavan, on pilgrimage, early in the morning, the inhabitants of Vrindavan, early in the morning, Nanda Maharaj bathed in the Jamuna and in connection with the breaking of the codice. And the attendants of Baruna, who was in charge of the waters, they thought that he had committed a a mistake, that it was a discrepancy in his observance and he shouldn't have bathed at that time. So they arrested him and took him to the court of Baruna. So Krishna and Balaram went and freed Nanda Maharaj. So Nanda Maharaj saw all this. He saw Baruna, the god of the waters, offering obeisances to Krishna and Balaram. He said, Om Namo Bhagavate Brahmane Paramatmane. This is a section of Bhagavatam to the words of Varuna, which is the praman, the evidence that that Advaigyan Tattva, that the Bhagavatam is all about. We talked about this the other day. Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, this one line, and from the first canto, third chapter, 
And this verse from second chapter, first canto. Badanti tatpavidas tatpam yad jnanam advayam brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavaniti shabdate. These are the two most important verses of Bhagavatam in terms of its tattva. What is the philosophy of the Bhagavatam? And in that uh, verse, it's mentioned, Advaigyan Tattva is the nature of the Absolute and appearing as Brahman, Paramatman, Bhagwan. To different practitioners who approach in different ways, that different, three different faces are seen. For the Jnanis, they see Brahman. For the Yogis, Paramatman. For the devotees, Bhagwan. <coughs> so, still, that's fine. That's the nature of the Absolute according to the Bhagavatam. But how we know that Krishna is that? Is that Advaigyan Tattva? So it comes from the words of Varuna. He says, Om Namo Bhagavate Tupyam Brahmane Paramatmane, like this. And Anwar saw this. He thought, very curious. son is very extraordinary. That He has great powers by the mercy of Narayan. So afterwards, everyone was amazed. And so they, they thought, well, let's ask Krishna. He may be in host. What will our next life be? Where will we go in our next life? So Krishna took them to a Kurotirtha and he told them to bathe there and as if it was by the power of the lake, and it is to some extent, and they saw their next life. The inhabitants of Vrindavan living in Gokul Vrindavan, they saw Golok Vrindavan. And they thought, oh, how nice. Nanda Maharaj will be there, my wife Mishoda will be there, Krishna, our cows, our houses, Govardhan, everything's going to be the same. <laughs> so very happy. So this is a very special place. Mahaprabhu is meditating on the says the significance of Akrurathirta. Eto boli janpo dila jalera upare dubia rohila prabhu jalera bitare. So while considering how Akrura remained in the water to have his vision, Mahaprabhu himself jumped in the water. We stayed under the water for some time. In other words, he's absorbed in Krishna Leela and oblivious to external conditions. Thinking of the Leela, he himself jumps in the water. So he's the point is here that he is not um, he's dangerous to his own well being. His bhav is at such a pitch that it's endangering him. So Deki Krishna das Kandit. So Krishna asked that Rajput Brahman, who's or Chatri, Rajput uh, devotee, who is staying with Mahaprabhu, he saw this, and so he very loudly he called for Balabhadra Bhattacharya to come and pull Chaitanya Mahaprabhu out of the water. He was drowning in the water. Tobe Bhattacharya se Brahmane Lana Yukti Kodila Kichu Nibrite Vasya. So Balabhadra took him out and after this he took the Sonadiya Brahman to a secluded place and he consulted with him. He was concerned. This is his personal attendant. So he's seen him in all conditions of his traveling. And what he's finding is that his bhav is reaching such a pitch now in Vrindavan that he has to step in and, and take charge of the Lord. He's concerned. He saw him in the forest there and uh, the Lord was protecting him. He was afraid like anything, seeing those wild tigers and wild elephants. Mahaprabhu caused him to chant and dance. And now the situation is reversed. 
Previously, it was mentioned that Mahaprabhu, outside of Vrindavan, just by hearing the name of Vrindavan, would go mad. Now he's in Vrindavan. So Krishna Raj Goswami reasoned that his, his Bhavis Prem is so intense. And now it's reached a pitch, as I said, that he's, he needs to be protected by his own attendant. He's oblivious. And he could hurt himself. So Aji Ami, Ajilan, Uthailun Prabure, Prindavane Dubena Jodi, Ke Uthabe Tandre. So he says, he asks a question, since I was present today, it was possible for me to pull up the Lord from beneath the water, but if he starts to drown in Vrindavan, who will help him? In other words, he was going every day, as we've heard, to Vrindavan, to Imlital, and near the banks of the Jamun he was chanting, but he was alone. Solitude doing his bhajan. So Balabhadra is concerned. But if he goes, if he jumps in there, no one will be there. Then what? So he seeks the counsel of this Swanadiya Brahman. Lokera Shankata Ar Nimantraner Janjava Nirantar Ovesh Prabhur Nadikiya Bhala. Now there's a crowd of people here, and these invitations are causing a great disturbance as well. It's bothering him. In addition, the Lord is always ecstatic and emotional. I do not find the situation here to be very conducive, very good. Vrindavana hoite jari prabure kadiya tobe mongola hai e bhal yukti hai It would be good if we could get Mahaprabhu out of Vrindavan. This is my conclusion. So uh, how are they going to do that? <laughs> Mahaprabhu wanted so much to go there, now he's there. How are they going to get him out? He's absorbed in Krishna Prem. Viprakoi, so the Brahman has an idea. Prayag Prabhu Lanjai Gangatire Pate Jai Tobe Shukopai. He says, let's take him to Prayag, go along the bank of the Ganges, and it will be a very pleasurable uh, route. Surachetre Age, Janat Kori Gangasnan. At the place Sarachetre, then when we arrive there, first, then going beyond that, we can take our bath in the Ganga, Se Pate Prabhulan Koriya Payan. So let us take Chaitanya Mahaprabhu along that route. Magmash Logila Ebe Jodi Jaye Makare Prayag Snan Kotarin Poye. He says, it just happens to be the time is approaching, it's the beginning of the month of Mag. And if we go to Prayag at this time, we can have the opportunity to bathe for a few days during the Makar Shankanti, the most auspicious time to bathe at Prayag. Prayag is a holy place where they have Mag Mela, Kumbh Mela. It's a confluence of the Jamuna and Ganga and in the invisible Saraswati. Not visible anymore. So, what it used to be unmanifest, we can say. So bathing there at auspicious times is a big thing. Sadhus come from all over India to do that. People come by the millions. Most of them come for fruitive reasons, to bathe there to get some good karma, and some seeking mukti and so forth. It's not so much um, a Vaishnava tirth, not a dham like Vrindavan. Uh, Vrindavan, not a deep. Puri and so forth. But it is called Tirtaraj, King of the Tirtas. And so, he's making this proposal. 
But that's not all. He says, Now he gives a further strategy. He said, so you, sub, you tell to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, submit to him this, that, that you are unhappy. That the situation in Vrindavan is making you unhappy. You've got so many people, 20 people a day coming for invitations. It's, it's giving you a, a headache and, and there's so many crowds of people now have come. And so then when you tell him that, then propose that we all go to Prayag for the full moon on the month of Magh. Ganga tira pate shuka jana janai hatamre patacharja ase tobe rohila probare. Tell the Lord of the happiness you will feel in traveling along the bank of the Ganges. Ganges, of course, is very dear to the devotees in Bengal, the Mahaprabhu especially. So he's given them this angle. And this is this this is this disciple of Madhavendapuri. So he was approached by Balabhadra as a senior. He because he exhibited such extraordinary love and Mahaprabhu pointed him out and so forth, so he's thinking he can get some counsel from him. And he's giving good advice. He knows how Mahaprabhu will respond to the simple and heartfelt appeal of his servant, his devotee. So, Balabhadra submitted this prayer. And so, he napodi na ami lokera gadda bari nimantran lagi lok kore hudahudi. Balabhadra told the Lord, I can no longer tolerate the disturbance of the crowd. People are coming one after another to offer invitations. Pratakali Aisilok, early in the morning, people come here. Tomare Napai, Tomare Napana, Loka, Mora Matakai. Not seeing it, they simply, they simply give me a hard time. That's what he's saying. They, they tax my brain. More literally says, they, they eat my head. It's a way of saying they chew me out. So he appeals like this to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Tabe shuko hoi jabe kanga pate jai. Ebe jodi jai makare ganga snan pae. I'll be very happy if we leave and take the path by the banks of the Ganges. Then we can have the opportunity of bathing in the Ganges at Prayag during the Makar Shankranti. Udvigna hila pran sohitenapari. Prabhura je agna hai se shire dhari. My mind has become so much agitated and I can't bear this anxiety. Now everything rests on your permission. I'll accept whatever you want to do. I'm stating my position. I'll do whatever you want, but this is my thinking. Yadyapi prindavuna tyage nahi prabhurman. So, although leaving tyage, giving up Vrindavan, Nahi Prabhuman, Prabhuman was not at all in the mind of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He had no mind to leave Vrindavan. Bhaktaicca purite kohe maduravachan. To the Bhaktaicca, the desire of his devotee, to purite, to fulfill that, he responded, kohe maduravachan. He spoke very sweetly. So, this... Uh, Shisha of Madhavanipuri has given good advice. He can understand how Mahaprabhu would react. So, again, we, we learn from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu the importance of pleasing the devotee. The devotee's desire has been done. Satisfying the devotees, this should be our aim. So, Mahaprabhu said, Tumi amai ani 
Dekoila Brindavana. He said, You have shown me Brindavan. You have brought me here and you've shown me Brindavan. So he, he's giving him credit. Very sweetly he speaks to him. Thanks to you, he's saying, I was able to come to Brindavan and see this place. So, Eirin Ami Naribokorite Shodana. I'm in debt to you. How can I repay you? Whatever you want. Ask, and it's yours. He's saying, such a wealth, such a treasure you have given me. Yetomar Itcha. So whatever you desire, Ami Shaita Goriba. I must act accordingly. I'm purchased by you. Jahan Lana Jaha Tumi Tahani Daiba. So wherever you want to take me, I'll go. Just like a cow, wherever you take me, I'll go and give, give milk there. Pratta Kali Mahaprabhu Pratasnana Kaila. Vrindavana Choli Jani Prima Vesha Next morning, Mahaprabhu got up early. After taking his bath, he became ecstatic with love, knowing that he now had to leave Vrindavan. So he's feeling some ecstasy of separation. He's already there, but he's knowing he have to leave, he's anticipating. Bahya Bikar Nahi. So, outside, on the outside, Bahya, Bahya, he didn't show any Bikar, any change, any transformation. He, he kept his emotions in check. Premobishtaman, though his mind was overwhelmed with love. Bhattacharya Kohet Chaljoi Mahavan. And at that time, Balabhatya said, Let's go to Mahavan, Gokul, so on the way out. Eta Bali Mahaprabhure Nokai Vasana Pada Kori Bhattacharya Cholilalan. So, saying this, Mahaprabhu got on a boat. He got on the boat, they made him sit down, and they crossed the river. Premi Krishnadas are Sehita Brahmana, Gongatir Pate, Jayibara Vidna Duijan. Both Rajputta, the Rajput Krishnadas and Asunadiya Brahman, they knew the path along the Ganga very well, so they're, they're coming with him. So there's the, the four of them are going, five with Mahaprabhu. There's Balabhadra and his assistant, Rajput Krishnadas and Nisonadiya Brahmana. Yuite ek briksha tale prabhu shabrana. Vasila shabar pata shanti dekhiya. So while walking, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, understanding that the others in the group were fatigued by now, he took them all between beneath a tree and they sat down. Se briksha nikate chare bahu gabi gone. Taha deki Mahaprabhu. Ulashitaman. Near that tree, Charibohu Gobigan, there were many cows grazing. Tahadeki, seeing them, Mahaprabhu Ulashitaman, he became very pleased, his mind became very happy. Achombitek Gopu Vangsi Bajaila, Stuni Mahaprabhu, Mahaprabhu, Prima Vishahila. You can understand it. Suddenly, Achambite ek gopo vangshi bojoila. What happened? One gopa, he played his flute <laughs> in the midst of the herd of so many cows. Shuni Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu heard that. Mahaprema vishahila. He became absorbed in prema and he 
fell on the ground like this, unconscious. Muke pain bode nashae swasha rudahila. All kind of ecstatic symptoms. He foamed at the mouth and his breathing stopped. And so we're going to stop there tonight. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next, what happens next. Any questions? <laughs> well, we were talking about um, Mirabai this afternoon. Wow. And, um, you know, when Shudermar said that, uh, he referenced Bhakti Vinodin, who said that the devotion of Mirabai is fictitious. Oh. Right. So, how would you explain this? Well, of course I never studied Mirabai, and I never heard any, even one of her songs. But, Sridharmarsh, I heard him say once that if we're explaining about Mirabai, that if we come in the vicinity of Krishna in Vrindavan, then we, we'll be coming in touch with so many other everything else that's there. Nanda Maharaj, Shoda, Radha, but in her songs there's no mention of any of these things, only her and Krishna. Krishna's never alone. So, she had some idea about Krishna, but it was different than what should be the experience according to our charges. So, what exactly her experience was, different devotees have spoken in different ways about it. Some devotees I've heard them say, credible devotees, that uh, she was uh, actually an impersonalist. But she was uh, outwardly involved very much in devotion for that end. But as I said, I haven't studied her songs, and there's no there's no books that she wrote or anything like that, so I'm not sure how they would <coughs> make that determination. But that would be one explanation of how devotion... Fictitious is... Maybe there's a better word to use. Maybe not. But I think... Overall, what they're saying is that if she's not engaged in the kind of bhakti that Mahaprabhu taught, that's what we follow. We consider that to be shuddha bhakti, real bhakti, and she's doing something else. So, therefore, we are, we dismiss it. She was a contemporary of the Goswamis. She didn't become a student of Rupa's, Rupa Goswami. The whole world, the whole world is indebted to Rupa Goswami. Anybody who has any Krishna Bhakti practically is indebted to Rupa Goswami, so such was his contribution. And it's an unimaginable to think that a person could be living at the time in Vrindavan of Rupa Goswami and Jiva Goswami was there, Sanatana Goswami. And the only story that we hear, story, and it doesn't make a lot of sense according to historical dates of when. Rupa Goswami was there, what his age was, and when Jiva Goswami was there, and what his age was, and what Mirabai's age was. But we, anyway, we hear a story coming from the Mirabai section. The only one we hear is that she approached Jiva Goswami, and Jiva Goswami said, oh, he didn't want to be approached by any ladies. And she said, oh, I thought everybody in Vrindavan was... was so only male in Vrindavan. only one male. So that she defeated Jiva Goswami in a tolerate to hear such a thing. That, that they're saying that she's superior to Shiva Goswami. And the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was personally present. There's no mention of Mahaprabhu. There's a song of Mirabai I've heard. Some people even sing it. 
glorifying Mahaprabhu remotely, but people say it's made up also in Gaudi Sampradaya. Some people in Gaudi Sampradaya sing it, but when I interviewed the, the widows of Vrindavan, the leading widow of Vrindavan many, many years ago, I was writing an article called Women in Bhakti, the Clarion Call magazine that we had started. And so I was speaking with her at some length, and I asked, is there any role model for all of you? I was asking if there was any desire to become guru, any, any women might be the gurus. And so he, he laughed at that. And then, and I said, well, or is there any woman saint that you follow? And like Mirabai, I said, there's a little temple, had a little temple nearby. And she just went, oh, oh. I see her face wrinkled like that. And then she said, Vishnu Priya Devi, and her face became very bright. The wife of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who was left as a widow when he took sannyas. She's our example. And there's no there's no real following. There is no following of Mirabai. How do you follow Mirabai? She's left no teaching. She sang songs about Krishna and there are stories about her having mystical experiences and so forth. There's no literary legacy, there's no sampradaya. There's no teaching. So it's fictitious in that way. It's not very useful for us. <laughs> it has no value. And it's certainly a fictitious idea that she was superior to Jiva Goswami. And here they were, these Goswamis, explaining the uh, significance of Krishna, revealing the pastimes of, of Vrindavan, and, how, and they were commissioned to do so by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And she has uh, no... Uh, no devotion to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Without devotion to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that's fictitious. If you expect to have devotion for Krishna, Krishna das Kaviraj Goswami says, you're, say you're a devotee of Krishna, but you have no love for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you're a demon. That's how radical he felt. He's just making a point. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna, who's come now at that time. You have no devotion for him, but you say you have devotion for Krishna. I say you're an asura. And he gives support for it, too. He gives a Shastra Praman, evidence from Shastra. What does he say? He says, Jarasandha, he followed the Varnashram, and that service to Vishnu, he was a demon, he attacked Krishna 18 times. So he gives us this evidence. You can be a devotee of Vishnu, but be a demon from the point of view of Krishna Leela. So he's saying, you may have some devotion to Krishna, but if you don't have devotion to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at this time, which is the time that Krishna is coming as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that is fictitious. There's so many common people, they love Mirabai, but what does it do for them? So many people like to listen to the songs of Mirabai, but what happens to them? We see any sampradaya formula, any system for bhakti? Is it liberating anybody, saving anybody? No. There's no succession, there's no parampara. It's useless for us. Even if she had some devotion. We don't know. People tell so many stories. So you can say, well, people tell so many stories about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yeah, but they wrote it down as a history. There's so many cubbies. So there's so many biographies. and They churned up so much literature. And as the parampara is going all over the world, people are becoming devoted to Krishna. And you want to tell us we should listen to Mirabai? Why? For what? Because some people have told some stories about her, and she was a lady, and was she a Rani or something like that, and refused to marry, and wanted to marry Krishna, 
wrote songs about her and Krishna and and they had some mystic stories where Krishna was supposed to appear there. And it's useless to us. Well, maybe somebody's attached some other some has attached themselves to her in some way and tried to explain it, but not that I know of. Not that in Bark is their Ragmark, not the Balavas, the Ragmark Sampradaya. You can find so many people in India like this. We don't know. So it's fictitious for us. Who's to say that she's a great devotee? Because common people, common people have told so many stories. Where are the cubbies, learned people, the scholars, writing books about Mirabai? That's what happened to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna's Kaviraj. He's the Kaviraj, the king of poets and learned people. Vyasadeva has mentioned Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Bhagavatam, Upanishads, in Vedas, Puranas, so many shlokas. These people have pointed to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Learned people, thoughtful people, not just common people. That's what you find is the support of nearby so many common people. Nice poetry, I've heard. But who has shown Denise uh, Siddhanta, Tatpa from that? Rupa Goswami is, 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 is given the science of bhakti, not the fiction of bhakti. He talks about how to enter Vrindavan. How do you enter Vrindavan? By following Krishna? No. By following the devotee of Krishna. That is the whole idea. Rag is one thing, but what about Anuga? They say, oh, she had such rag, but what about Anuga? What about following? Following the rag of somebody who has that rag. The ragatmikas, as we mentioned earlier. Rupa Goswami has shown very scientifically, quoting from so many scriptures, that it's possible to, to attain Vrindavan Bhakti in different ways. Kamanuga, Sambandhanuga, and in Kamanuga, two different ways you can, Sambhogechamayi, Tadbhavechamayi, these type, following in the path of a lover of Krishna, or trying to be a lover of Krishna, it's even possible. But that second one is played played down, and it's more comparable to Kubja's love in Mathura. Anyway, regardless, even if you want that, some people say, oh, she wanted some Bogechamaya, it means she wanted to become actually Krishna's, one of Krishna's lovers. That means she wants to compete with Radha. So in Gaudi Sampada, we, we, we not, won't be a party to that. There are some gopis, they compete with Radha, that's fine, but we won't be a party to that. So she wants that. Okay, fine. But even if you want, even if you say that, okay, fine. So some other, she has some other. But still, the way to get there is the same. You have to follow somebody who has that bhav, one of those eternal associates. And that eternal associate who embodies that bhav is more important than Krishna. This is Rag Anuga. Anuga means to follow. So who is she following? Krishna? Anyway, that is not how Rupa Goswami has taught him. We call that the science of bhakti. It's very well, it's scientific in as much as it's a whole system supported by the scriptures and and the, he himself exemplified the, the, uh, the success of that by applying himself properly. So there are so many, you can go to so many villages and so many people and they say, oh, there's a great devotee of Krishna here. 
Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthitaka used to encounter that all the time. And what would he say? Under which Vaishnava are you serving? Oh no, I'm serving Krishna directly. Then he would just dismiss. So, again, it's just a name to me, Mirabai. I, I know I've heard a few things from our charges, so I'm giving an explanation that I never studied her or anything like that. And as I say, there's no, there's no place to go and study. Where are you going to study? You can go study your songs yourself if you want, but... So, I'm on the side of Bhakti Vinod. Fictitious. If he said it, I agree. Bhakti is fictitious, imaginary. Bhakti means that kind of rag bhakti means to follow the those devotees who exemplify that kind of love that you want. Not to follow Krishna. Shudamar personally told me, Vaishnavism is indirect. Our relationship is not direct with Krishna. He's a, all these are the parshadas, and it's the parshadas of Krishna, Radha and Krishna, they're eternal players. In any, any path, you want to go, you want to be the friend of Krishna, and this is your heart's desire, your pure heart desire, you become one of the assistants of, of one of the friends of Krishna. they got thousands of assistants assisting them in service and in, in, in someone in that group and it is <laughs> I mean it is it, it is the way to experience Krishna because what we teach das das on das the more one becomes a servant and the closer one becomes to Krishna. So someone may incorporate some song of Mirabai that's supposed to be about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in order for propaganda work or preaching. But Maybe you can say, you know, utility is the principle, but it seems like quite a compromise from what our, our charges have taught. Why not tell it, tell it straight out? You're ready to debunk every other Godi in the, in the whole, in the Sampradaya. He's bogus, he's bogus, he's bogus. I'm afraid to say it. people in Brudge, Mirabai is fictitious. It's been said by Bhakti Vinod. In Braj, there are so many things in the name of devotion. We were taught differently. We were taught by Prabhupada that we didn't even listen to all the stories of the people in Vrindavan. This story made up, that story made up in the whole oral tradition. Thousands of stories. Krishna came here, Krishna did that, Krishna this, Krishna that. Krishna was pulling on my sari. There's so many stories. You can find everywhere. But when I went to Vrindavan, you were there too, first time, 1974. We were allowed to stay in Vrindavan for three days. And Prabhupada kept us busy going to all the bona fide places of Krishna Leela and so forth. And we were taught not to listen to this hearsay and that hearsay about Krishna did this here, Krishna did that there. We followed the scripture and the system of Bhakti Siddhanta where he went and so forth. Places that Goswami's established. So there's so much there in the, in the brudge that's, that's not worth listening to. Why should we cater to that? We still get some people to, to follow us. We have something worth following. We have, a, we have strict followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, orthodox followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, representing Shuddha Bhakti. Tell them as it is. Well, maybe get some people to follow 
Then they never get rid of the idea or put them near a buying perspective or whomever. Anything else? Regarding Vrabhacharya, you mentioned that at that time everyone was a follower of Rupa Goswami, but he's not a follower of Rupa Goswami, Vrabhacharya. Can you explain? Also, this Lila when he's on the boat with Mahaprabhu, and Mahaprabhu is not showing his bhav to him because he's not exactly so. Vallabhacharya was senior to Rupa Goswami in age and a great scholar, but he was devoted to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was devoted to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but he couldn't fit in the Gaudiya Sampradaya. Finally, we discussed this at some length the other night. He had a great respect for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, according to Chaitanya Charitamrita. And there's considerable evidence from outside of Chaitanya Charitamrita also that the Balavas and the Gaudiyas lived cooperatively at the time of Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami. In Vrindavan. In fact, it's mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita that Rupa Goswami spent one month in Mathura at the house of Vitalnath, who was the son of Balabhacharya, when Gopaliri came down from Govardhan for the purpose of giving darshan to Rupa Goswami, who was very old and, and, of course, wouldn't walk on Govardhan Hill even if he was physically capable, because Mahaprabhu didn't walk on Govardhan Hill. Gopal Nidhi was there, so he arranged for the Muslims to come and attack, and came and stayed at Vital's house. So at that time, the, the Nidhi was under the care of the Balavas. The Rupa Goswami stayed at the house of Vital for one month, so they had a cooperative relationship, and Rupa Goswami was respected by Balaba, but Balaba was senior to Rupa Goswami. He advised Rupa Goswami about one shloka in Bakura Samrita Sindhu. Rupa Goswami had apparently called karma and gyan witches that come to haunt your heart and if you don't get those witches out then bhakti won't come. So he suggested that Rupa Goswami should change that verse. He gave him some suggestion because karma and gyan, these are things given by the Lord for people who don't have adhikar for bhakti and so forth. So out of humility, Rupa Goswami accepted and then Balabha went to bathe, and Jiva Goswami followed him. He was a young disciple of Rupa Goswami and his nephew. He said that, you know, that advice you gave my Gurudev was based on your not properly understanding his shloka. And Balabha said, what is that? A little impertinent, aren't you? And then Jiva Goswami explained that the meaning of the verse was that the desire for mukti, for gyan, the desire for karma, this is a witch, but not the things themselves. And Balava was impressed with the, the scholarship of, of Jiva Goswami. He apologized actually to Rupa Goswami, who then chastised Jiva Goswami and banished him from his company. This is the kind of people that they were. Hmm? But Balava couldn't quite fit into the Gaudiya Sampradayan. But Mahaprabhu gave him permission and his blessings to carry on his own sampradaya as an extension of Vishnu Swami's sampradaya. And there's two reasons, of course, that he didn't fit. And they may have manifest as pride or this or that, but the internal reasons. One is that his his group primarily cultivates Bhatsali Rasa. He became interested in Madhuri Rasa. 
in the company of Mahaprabhu's associates. And he requested initiation, a further initiation, means mantra, to get mantra from Gadadhar Pandit. Gadadhar Pandit gave him Gopi Mantra in Puri. At that time, Gadadhar Pandit was in the mood of Rukmini, who is Chandravali in Dwarkalila. So in that Sampradaya, their emphasis on Madhurya Rasa is emphasis on Chandravali, not on Radharani. So they're a little bit different group, but that's a high group. High differences, very high differences. He got the blessing of Mahaprabhu for his campaign. And Rupa Goswami also showed respect to Balabacharya and Pushti Marg in two places in Bhaktivedanta Sindhu. Two places after his explanation of Vaidhi Sadhana and after his explanation of Raghunuga Sadhana. At the end of each of those sections, he says, and there's another group, and they're called Mariada and Pushti Marg, and they're pretty much the same as us. And principal person in Nimbarka Sampradaya at that time was Keshavakashmi. He surrendered to Mahaprabhu also. Mahaprabhu blessed him. He didn't say, you come and become a Gaudi. He said, yeah, you're an Nimbarka. <laughs> Carry on, that's good. That's a good Sampradaya too. But people like Mirabai, there's no Sampradaya. Nothing to follow. All right. We'll stop there. Sri Chaitanya Chaitamita Ki Jai. Gaur Nityananda Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaur Pramanandi.